And welcome to the Have A Day Off podcast, episode 5. 5 it is, caught halfway to 10. Big numbers, big numbers. Wow. So obviously I'm here with Alf and Tom. Say hello, boys. Yo. You alright, guys? And we, I've got big news for everyone. Not big news. It's a we, we double upload this week. The Valentine special's out on Wednesday, which is currently the day we're recording this. And episode 3, Nights Out. Give that a listen if you haven't. It's got loads of great stories in and... You don't want to miss it. It's it's a it's a banger. So yeah, how's everyone? How's everyone been doing? It's only been a couple of days, but done anything exciting in those days, or is it just vibes? Yeah, I can't say I can't say I've done too much to be fair. I haven't been as productive as I wanted to be, but I've been listening back to the Valentine special, and uh, there's there's been a lot of um, had to put a lot of timestamps in there for editing. Mike's done a lot of editing, so I hope you guys appreciate the hustle, because man, there's a lot of stuff we had to get rid of, but. There's still enough content where you'd realise, yeah, that these guys were um, <laughs> were putting their heart and soul into this. So apart from that, now nah, I haven't really been doing um, doing that much. What about you, Tom? Yeah, likewise, man. Not much, not much. But like you, listening to the uh, listening to the Valentine's podcast over and over again, just to see if I ain't said anything, which is too, you know, which is too. <laughs> mm, um, but you know, I mean, that 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 episode was a lot of fun to film. It was a lot of fun to film. So I hope obviously you guys enjoy that and you know, um you know that that was that was a lot of fun. Um but I ain't been doing nothing to be honest with you. But yeah man. Mike, how about you? Yeah mate, I've been doing nothing. I've <clears throat> I'm worried to listen back to it. Like Alfie's given timestamps to me obviously, so I'm I'm trusting him that I'm not gonna get cancelled from things I've said because <laughs> I don't I don't think there's anything too bad, but I have had to warn my dad. I said, watch listen to it at your own risk because I'm not sure you wanna hear some of the stuff I say. So yeah. <laughs> you don't. I don't think you're the most outrageous in the podcast. I think, uh, well, we know who who is, but we're not going <laughs> to. We're not going to say all that. But yeah. Anyway, should we get into today's topic of music? We touched on it briefly in the first episode, but this is going to be more in depth to do with what we listened to in the past, what we're listening to now. You know, just things around that sort of area. We'll yeah, start man. with the music everyone's listening to at the moment. What are we thinking? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, I've been, <laughs> to, to quote Tom, um, I've been throwing it back a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, all right. Um, yeah, I've been listening to some, as we mentioned last last podcast, I've been listening to a lot of T-Pain, not just uh, By You A Drank, but some, some of his old songs, got some bangers. Um, a lot of Drake, Lil Baby, Rick Ross, um, Meek Mill. Yeah, I've been I've, I've been on my I've been on mainly rap at the moment. I don't know why, but I go through little phases here and there. Andre 3000 as well, one of the greatest rappers of all time. I just want to say it. He's he's under underappreciated. I feel like with like people our age because he's he's so good. He's the guy in Outcast if you don't know. But yeah. Hey y'all, that song. Um, that that is a song. Yep. Cheers, man. It's the content people you know listen for. Man. <laughs> it's analysis. Deep in-depth analysis of Outcast saying the words "Hey y'all" is. It doesn't get much better, does it, really? It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. You don't find this anywhere else. Well, what about you, Tom? What have you been listening to recently? Oh, I mean, I've been throwing it back as well. Um, <laughs> shock. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Shock. No, but I've been listening to like some old R&B, you know. Um, shout out to my boy Lucas, because I know he's going to listen to this, but this is his playlist, and it slaps hard. It slaps hard. He's like, you know... Got some Mario, Ashanti, Asha, obviously. Oh, um, Destiny uh, Child. What else has he got in here? 
Ja Rule, I mean, you know, we all know what happened at that box game, but Ja Rule, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we all know what happened, but Ja Rule is still elite. Like, I don't want to hear it. Um, like, you know, he, he got hella, like, throwbacks in here, and obviously shout out to him for that one. But that's, that's been my go-to at the moment. Even in the gym, like, you know, I sometimes just got to be like, drop the weight, throw it back, like, for real. Them songs, oof. <laughs> naughty, naughty, naughty. But, um, yeah, man. Mike, how about you? What have you been listening to? So I'm looking at my Spotify right now, and the, the things that I've been listening to like most recently is like Fredo's new album. I'm like, there are a few songs in there that I like. It's quite a good album, to be fair. Obviously, mostly I'm a big fan of the one that he did with Dave, Money Talks. That's a big banger. Um, I've been listening to Chip's new album quite a bit as well, you know. I didn't really listen to loads of Chip before, but I, I listened to this album. I thought it was really quite good, so it's another thing. And... Little Skies' new album, Unbothered. I think that came out quite a while ago, though, but I've been listening to that and just vibing. It's just a m oh, nothing but vibes from that album. Nothing but vibes. But vibes. But Something vibes. Like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, um, what, uh, one question, yeah. I know, I know Mike's hosting. I don't want to take over again, but I do want to ask, yeah. When you lot work out, we're all... We're all trying to stay fit and healthy in this in this global pandemic um what sort of music do you listen to when you're when you're working out because i used to like try and proper hype myself up but now i'll just listen to anything to the point where sometimes i'll just be like banging out like marvin's room or like wicked games for the weekend um in my headphones as i'm trying to hit a big like set like what, what, what sort of stuff you got going on there bit of lewis capaldi for you there alf just whilst you're doing a set nah nah i'm not not <laughs> not, 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 not that levels but um yeah <laughs> But, um, I do you know what if I'm like it depends what I'm doing so if I'm like running I just slap on some EDM and I'm just like running oh. with the beat if if you like know what I mean mm -hmm. but like if I'm like lifting weights or whatnot I just slap some rap on and just listen to that and yeah go for it fair enough fair enough what are you Tom um, I mean Meek Pop Tory um Tigris like you know <sighs> Jeez. like that's the type of stuff i'll listen to you know in the gym on a hard set you know especially on a leg day because you need that motivation on a leg day but oh um, mate yeah nah, that's that's a non-negotiable right there if like, on a leg day i won't be listening to nothing like nothing soft at all because i just fail my set and just text my yeah never mind um but yeah mm. it's, it's yeah it's a but no nah, like even like uppers you know what it, it like like you a little bit it does change you know sometimes it will go into like some, you know, maybe some throwbacks and stuff like that, and you know, maybe it'll just go into like, um, you know, some some house or something. It just depends like on my mood at, at the time. Like if I'm on smoke, then I'm putting on, you know, the gym playlist. But if I'm not, then you know, you know, I'm I'm just I'm vibing in the gym. You know, I'm I might be doing the bicep curls, but at the same time, I'm really rocking away. So yeah, that's a difficult skill to perfect, but it's it's I tr I've tried it through a dumbbell at my TV. Um, nah, not really, but um, I think my go-to gym song, if I really want to get hyped up, is uh, Intro by Meat Mill at the moment. That's yes, yes. that's a big banger. That is yes. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't heard that, you know. You, you, if you want to get absolutely gassed off your tits, that's not a phrase at all, then you should listen to it, mate. We'll that's, that's a banger. That's a banger. Invincible Pop Smoke as well. Banger. Oh, big shit. <laughs> you, you helped write some of that, and I'm not going to allude to what you wrote, but... 
the 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 streets know. This is a absolute travesty. So it's every week Tom just gets ripped to shreds for absolutely no <laughs> reason, without fail. Tom shoots like Robert Horry. That's what I was alluding to. Do, so. Oh my god. Oh, alright, fine. <laughs> alright, oh, fine. Fine. I thought you were gonna say the line before that, but anyway. Nah, nah, never, never, never. Alright, boys. So when you were growing up, what sort of music did you listen to? Hmm. Um. Bit of a tricky one there. Yeah, it's a tough one. I used to, I used to be obsessed with like, not yeah, no, nah, I was um with like Tiny Temper back in the day. Oh back in yes. Um, yeah, man, I used to, I used to love him. He was, he was huge. What was that one tune he had? The I can't remember the name of it. Was it Pass Out or something? Pass yeah. Out, yeah. Pa Pass Out, Frisky, written in the stars, all massive. Frisky, massive, oh. massive. invincible, yeah, yeah. underrated banger from him there. Yeah, yeah, that, that still gets played in like clubs nowadays. Um, shout out to O'Neill's great friends of the podcast. Um, but yeah, I missed that. Um, but nah, I used to I used to proper like him. Um, and then yeah, it was just regular R and B, like whatever was in the charts back in the day. But I sort of evolved. I used to really like. Um, I still do like him, like Childish Gambino. But I guess I, I sort of go through phases of like different different artists. There was a there was a time in my life where all I listened to was Drake, which was weird. Um, and obviously, I still really like him. But yeah. Uh, I guess it's it's just sort of evolved over time, but it's always been sort of hip hop based, which is kind of weird. But yeah, yeah, man, I'm like a firm believer. This is this is a bit off topic, but I'm a firm believer. And if you listen to music, a specific type of music enough, you'll you'll like it. Like yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean for sure. Because yeah, nah. The thing is though, um, I don't I don't know how much drum and bass I'd have to listen to to actually enjoy it. Like liquid drum and bass, I can deal with, but. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, it's got to a point where it's tolerable now, and I don't want to rip my hair out. But like, when I um, when I hear it, but drum and bass is good, man. I don't know why you're hating on it. It's it's I I, I respect it, okay, because some of my some of my good friends are you know MCs etc. Shout out to MC Wanko, um, but you know, it's just it's just not it's just not my not what floats my boat personally. That's fair enough, mate. Um, I'll go next. When I was younger, I had a weird obsession with JLS. Yep. Wow. No. That ain't weird. That ain't weird. JLS slapped. JLS did slap, but I wasn't Let's expecting Let's put some respect on their name. But, like, that was the... F leading on to the next question, I was going to ask, like, obviously, I'm Tom answer this question after I finish, but... The first album I ever got was also the JLS album, the first one they released. I had, like, Beat Again, Everybody in Love, One Shot... Ah. Oh. Yeah, those, those oh. are some big bangers. To be fair, I don't. Oh. I never knew that about you. You know, I like because I, I had a JLS phase. That's proper weird, but nah, fair enough, mate. Well, what about you, Tom? What did you listen to when you were younger? All right, so we are back. It wouldn't be a have a day off podcast without technical difficulties in the first fifteen minutes because you know. It's, Let them know you're there, baby. That's exactly. on me. And my Wi-Fi's a whole. That's a whole lot of ass. Anyway, Tom, continue what you're saying about Acon and you growing up in the Caymans for a bit. So yeah, I, I grew up in, in the Cayman Islands in the Caribbean, so literally all that was on was kind of like Akon and stuff like that. Um, so I mean, that was that was pretty much what I kind of grew up listening to. Um, you know, obviously it was on a lot of the time, 50 Cent, stuff like that, Diddy, um, you know, all of that type of stuff, which I still like listen to now quite a lot as well. Because that's, you know, that's just a part of the upbringing type of thing, you know, growing up around that type of culture. Um, you know, and I love it. I love it. But that's probably why my personality and, you know, um, I guess, you know, why I shoot like Robert Horry so much now. Um, 
But yeah, uh, you know, that's that's what I listened to as a kid, and I, I love that type of stuff. Bangers, yeah. man. Respect that. So, um, we'll go first album now, shall we? Because the, the last one, yeah. the last music question I've got is a banger. But yeah, yeah sure. first album I said was the JLS album I got. I don't remember the name of it, but it was the one with the grey background, and they all stood there, like, headshots. I don't, I don't think they... I don't know if they had more than one album to be fair, but yeah, nah, uh, I know I know which one you're on about. But yeah, either of you two, first album? Yeah, my <laughs> my first album that I actually physically bought, I'm pretty sure, right, was the Rizzle Kicks album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rizzle and, Kicks. yeah, Rizzle Kicks fucking, they banged, no one can tell me different. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what it was. Um, when would that have been? That was like 2011, so I would have been like 10. Yeah, I was a massive fan of that for some reason. Um, we need to calm a party down. You put on some Rizzle kicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. If you don't know about Rizzle kicks, then get you to know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah. But what about you, Tom? First album you bought? Um, I mean, this 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 is gonna be weird, but honestly, I think the first album that I bought, and I, it brings me to tears to know that this is the first album I ever brought and this is a disgrace but I'm pretty sure it was a Jedward album oh my god wow <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah I wasn't expecting that at all no <laughs> oh man that's a disgrace that's a red card that is a red card so. that's a disgrace no nah, it's, it's a yellow it's a yellow he's in the book for sure I don't know if it's a red card but <laughs> mate that's a three match ban in my book do you know how bad <laughs> you are <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> Jed. Yeah, that's 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 kind of crazy. Insane. Wow. Anyway, right. <laughs> Moving on. Guilty pleasures, boys. Guilty pleasures. I've got um, I've got a banger of a guilty pleasure lined up. I think I know what yours is as well. But yeah, go on, um, mate. You might as well start, mate. What's my guilty pleasure, Alf? Sorry, mate. What's my guilty pleasure, Alf? Is it Taylor Swift? It is Taylor Swift. Yeah. Ooh. Love me a bit of Taylor Swift. T Swizzle. If you don't know, yeah, get to know. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone knows Taylor Swift, but yeah. Oh, to be here. Uh, you know what? I'm not sure I have a guilty pleasure, you know. I sort of just own all the music I listen to. I don't really. Um... Yeah, you're going to have to come back to me on that one. Tom, what about you? I don't know if this is really a guilty pleasure, but. George Michael. Oh no, George that's, Michael yeah, slaps me. I said massive, by the way, that's not a word, but yeah, nah. Ballastic. So I'm that good at singing we might actually get copyrighted, so we'll Yeah, yeah, we gotta cut no, that out facts. because we don't wanna we don't wanna get copyrighted. Because you know Too this podcast ain't paying bills, guys. Just to just to be hundred percent hundred percent transparent with you guys. Um yeah. shit man, I really don't know. I really, really don't know at all. Spice didn't say Jedward Tom, I'm not gonna lie, that's a that's a bad one. Yeah, I mean Guilty obviously but Yeah, no one hundred percent, but it's not a pleasure. Yeah. Like if someone sat me down and said, Yeah, alright, listen to the whole album that you bought back in like, I don't know two thousand and eleven or something, I don't know when it was, but like I probably wouldn't be able to sit there for one minute. Really, one minute? Not even a minute. Really? Like, it's a disgrace. It, it, I agree with Mike. It's, it's a definitely a ban. It's a red card. Um, I won't be appearing on future podcasts because <laughs> now I'm cancelled. 
<laughs> for three weeks. For three yeah, weeks. It's, it's, a th- three it's, a weeks. Th- it's a three match ban, so you won't be on for the next three podcasts. But nah, you know, it's, it's your own doing. So exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the. Uh, you know what? I really don't. I'm such a boring person because I really don't have a guilty pleasure. I should have really thought about this, but I don't know. Sometimes I like to throw it, throw it back with some random stuff, like some you know, some club classics, etc. Bit of cash. Um, that's no. Um, what you don't like Kesha? Not not particular. Nah, I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a boring guy, but not not particularly. Maybe a bit of um, some some boring some boring white man stuff. Some 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 Oasis. Some Coldplay here and there. I guess that's a pretty guilty pleasure because that's it's a bit naff. But sometimes just stuff I you know dabble into. And do you know what it is? You say that, and there's one person I'll be listening who's the world's biggest Oasis fan, and he will not be happy you've said that. It's pretty no, Oasis, I meant more Coldplay. <laughs> Oasis are good, but it's just not really, you know. The other other um, fruit juices are available. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like Juice Burst. Yeah, sponsor like we're not sponsored, mate. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, we're going to hop on to the sports now because I feel like we've covered quite a bit of music. We, we can go back to it another week when we've updated what we're listening to and Alfie's figured out what a guilty pleasure he has is. Uh, <laughs> Cheers, mate. Fair, this is always going to be quite a sports-heavy one because we do have a lot to talk about regarding. This. Yeah, well, I'll let you. I'll let you go. Do we want to? What do we want to start with? Our respective clubs the past week, or are we starting with the? I think. I think we start with the Super Bowl. You know, I think we might yeah. have to start with that. We can start with the Super Bowl. It's fine by me. Or do we go awards then Super Bowl? We, we're going awards first. So yeah, right, sure. first of all, the awards. Aaron Rodgers got MVP. I said two years ago that he was a washed-up old man, and two years later he went and won MVP, and I had arguably the best season he's ever had. So I look like a twat, but you know, but only because you said it. But only because I said it. Yeah, he, <laughs> I reckon he heard me, and he was like, "Do you know what? That kid's fucking me off. I need to." I need to show he, he, he does base most of his um, game plan around what you say. No, no, I've I've seen it before, mate. Yeah, it's in the old book. Yeah. Do you think it's fair? Aaron Donald got Defensive Player of the Year, or? Yeah, I, I personally think 100%. I mean, if you look at the 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 numbers compared to, um, I think we can all agree TJ. What was the closest yeah, guy to him, closest, and a lot, yeah. who a lot of people thought deserved it? Um, I believe Aaron Donald had 13 and a half sacks. Um, TJ had 15. But you got to better take into account that one's an interior defensive lineman, which is much harder to to get production from that position and also um, one's also getting double teamed I, th- I believe the stat was 70% of the time compared to TJ Watt who's getting double teamed 15% of the time that and when you see TJ Watt's production actually fell off a cliff after Bud Dupree got injured um, mm. I think that's, that says everything I think I think Aaron Do- Donald until I haven't seen anything that suggests there's any player close to him on the defensive side of the ball I mean TJ Watt had an incredible season, and he would probably be defensive player of the year any other any other year. But Aaron Donald exists, so he's not. That's oh. like, what do you want me to say? Yeah, I was going to say you could argue every year that Aaron Donald's played in the NFL that he deserves an award of some sort because he is unbelievable. Yeah. The the season Pat so Mahomes got fifty touchdowns and one MVP. You had an argument for Aaron Donald to be MVP that year, even though a quarterback threw fifty touchdowns. Do you know how insane yeah. that is? Aspects what do you do you agree, Tom? Because I remember we discussed this, but I'm not I'm not quite we, sure. We did, we we did. I mean, you know, at the time I kind of I did think you know, T.J. Watts had the better statistical year, but you know, 
I think a lot of the arguments that you made in terms of, you know, the fact that how many people actually get put on AD per game, you know, and stop him to actually put up, like, you know, these outrageous numbers, you know, it, it comes in, like, you know, triple teams, double teams, every... And it's not like it's just every game, you know, once or twice. Like, it might be nearly every snap, you know, because this guy is so, so dominant. So, like, you know... I think over time and thinking about it, you know, Aaron Donald makes sense. And, you know, like you guys have kind of said, um, when, you're, when you're that dominant, you know, and even if production-wise you don't have the best year, it's because, you know, different horses for different courses type of thing. There's something else in front of Donald that there isn't in front of TJ Watt, which is, you know, which is obviously, it's tough to judge someone on that because, you know, I mean, it's not necessarily fair to judge him that, you know, like that, but Aaron Donald's so fucking dominant, man. He's just, yeah. I mean, he's different. It's insane. I, th- I don't want to downplay the year TJ Watt had because he was incredible, but it's just no, the, 100%. It's yeah. almost like you, I, you, the thing is, you don't need to downplay the season he had in order to speak about how good Aaron Donald was. I mean, this probably wasn't even one of Aaron Donald's best seasons statistically, but it's like. There's so many other metrics, and like when you add context to it, I just think I'd argue it's not even close. But again, I am a massive Aaron Donald fan, so maybe um, there's a bit of bias creeping in there. I don't know, but yeah, I, I, for me, I think I think it was definitely Aaron Donald. No, yeah, hundred percent. I'm uh, yeah in the same boat. Like Aaron Donald is up there with the best offensive players to ever play the game, in my opinion. He's just such a freak of nature, ridiculous. Yeah. Sure. What about what about um, rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year? Because went to Justin Herbert, um, who obviously was incredible. I, I think he Great deserves it, you know. Hundred or Justin Jefferson for the Vikings. He, he had I, a shot. I would have said, yeah, I would have said Justin Jefferson. I mean, look to break records that have been around for, and I don't know the exact you know time frame, but I'm pretty sure it was. You know, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to take a record setting season for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, to do that and beat out guys like he did. You know, is I think harder to do as a wide receiver because it's different on so many different. You know, it's dependent on so many different things. What I meant to say. Yeah. Um. Like, don't get it. Like I said, like like you said, Alf. You know, T.J. Watt had a great year. Justin Herbert equally had a great year. But you know, I still think Justin Jefferson should have won. You know, should have yeah. won Offensive Rookie of the Year. It's it's more difficult to break records as a wide receiver than it is as a QB. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Now I. I'd- I'd agree with that, and what I'd also say is, I think the the voting, the th- voting thought process must have gone something like, well, it's the quarterback, so it's more valuable. But it's not most valuable rookie; it's the offensive rookie of the year. And I think the yeah. best offensive player as a rookie was Justin Jefferson. And even though Herbert had a great year, there was also, and I understand this is natural to a quarterback starting in the NFL. That's just like you're never gonna be, you're never gonna put up a season like Mahomes or Rogers did this year. It's just not gonna happen. That's fine. But you also do have to like respect the award and actually say, well, Justin Jefferson was pretty much playing at all pro level. You can't say the same about Herbert. Um, and I think I think they're just sort of not overvaluing the QB position because that you, you can't do that. But they're they're sort of ba- they're basing the award on the wrong things. If you had given the award to the best offensive rookie, I don't think it's close. And it's Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Would, uh, can I just can I just say something? About yeah. like about this, that you two have, you obviously you mentioned the two that are right at the top. You've got to think about this though, Tristan Wirfs. I'm not saying that he's like on the same level. Nah, that's true. But that's true, one that's true. over a thousand snaps, one sack allowed. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a rookie. That, that that's the thing. That's but that's even on a on a like a bigger scale. Like I was mentioning, the people would undervalue like receiver, but like, and you never you very very rarely see a tackle win offensive rookie. I don't. I'm not sure it's ever happened, but no. he was he the best offensive rookie, quite possibly. Because, and because he was again, he was another guy that played like an all pro level for the whole season on a Super Bowl winning team. And I understand it's a regular season award. But I mean, come on, like that's crazy. So like a thousand, a thousand yeah. snaps and one sack allowed—that's ridiculous. Like ridiculous numbers to put up. Some people are up six sacks. Oh, people have up six sacks a game in the past, sort of thing. Like, it's and people say next to, next to quarterback, le- um, left tackle, like blindside protector, is the hardest position to play in the NFL. And I'm not sure if he was actually playing on the left or the right, but um, I believe it was the left. But either even so, don't, like a, a tackle going against the edge rushes that you know that he has to it's just is incredible and i think is it wasn't even he was, it wasn't allowing any pressures on top of the sacks as well no he wasn't. It was just he was playing at an elite level so yeah it is it's interesting how he didn't even get a shout i think he definitely should have been in that conversation 100%. yeah he was ridiculous like it's the same with quentin nelson the year that he was a rookie he was ridiculous and he has been ever since but like obviously offensive linemen don't get as much credit as they deserve because... in fairness i mean maybe i'm a giants fan i'm being biased but Barkley had 2,000 yards from scrimmage that year, so... No, yeah, well, there you go. Barkley did deserve to win it that year, but I was just saying, like, if, if you think about it, nobody mentioned Quentin Nelson in the conversation that year either. Nah, like for it's... sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, Barkley's rookie year definitely deserved to win it, but, but yeah, 100%. Defensive rookie of the year, I think everybody knew what was going to happen when yeah. Chase Young came yeah, out of the draft. Mean, there were some great players. Which I, I, think, I think Chase Young probably was the best player he probably did have the best season as well. It's just, uh, I, it's, it felt like it was always going to go to him regardless of how he actually did. But he was dominant for the Redskins. Uh, whoa, you for the football team, Jesus, I'm cancelled. Um, <laughs> for the Washington football team, sorry. And yeah, he definitely was their standout player on that side of the ball. But yeah. um, there were some great defensive rookies, though. In fairness, I mean, I, I must have mentioned him like 15 times on the podcast already, and I'm going to later because of something he did. But Antoine Winfield. Such mm-hmm. a such a beast. Yeah. Um, I think CJ Henderson had a good year. Um, there's some, there's some, there were, there were loads of players. There were loads of defensive tackles that sort of went under the radar. I think um, who? Well. Um, he plays for Carolina. Jeremy Chin. Yeah, Jeremy Chin was was oh, really good. Um, who did, who was the defensive tackle the Panthers drafted really high? I can't remember his name. Um, but he he was he was elite. Um, there were some really, really good defensive rookies. It was a really fun rookie class. and um, I think this rookie class is very, very good in general, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Some of them, loads sure. of them flopped, but this year... I mean, even guys who seemed like busts at the start, like, for example, on my team, um, Andrew Thomas, who seemed like he was awful at left tackle for the first half of the season, even came back and he was playing from, like, PFF grades, which I know aren't the best, as, like, a top 10 left tackle in the league, which is crazy for a rookie, but because... Guys like Mackay Beckton um, and everyone like that were pl- playing at, re- and obviously um, Tristan Wirfs were playing at a really high level. It didn't even get mentioned, mm. and that's just that says a lot about how how good it was. Obviously, that's not on the defensive side of the ball. The, um, the defensive tackle the Panthers yeah. drafted was Derek Brown, by the way. De- Derek Brown was really good. He again, he just went underrated because like it's it's so hard to get production from that position. So if someone sometimes I think if someone doesn't get a lot of sacks. Um, people will say, "Oh, yeah, he wasn't—he wasn't that good." That speaks to how good really... Aaron Donald was, doesn't it? Though, because he's playing the inside role as well. Yeah, Javon Kinlaw for the Niners—that's who I was saying—was really good. There's, there was loads of good players. Um, 
again, some some guys didn't really pan out straight away. I think the linebackers struggled. But, I mean, I, yeah, I think it was Chase Young. I mean, Chase Young's just incredible. There's no two ways about it. Ridiculous. And then the last... Oh, there's two awards that we're going to talk about, the, the last two. Offensive player of the year being Derek Henry. I can agree with that. He was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nah, for sure. I think it's interesting, though, because in terms of how how much, like... How much um, running room he gets? Like he very rarely actually gets hit on his runs. Mm. If you look at sort of yards after contact, guys like Nick Chubb were actually getting a lot more. Yeah. So you could argue they have to do a harder job. Um, but I mean, you can't take away from what he, his numbers. I think he had two thousand yards, like twenty touchdowns. I'm estimating here, but I mean that's as sort of in that ballpark. And he, he's just a he's an absolute menace. And they also have to take into account the fear factor. I mean, I know NFL NFL fucking defenders aren't scared. But I mean, you, you see a six-three, what two-sixty guy running at you. Oh, I hate my life. It's fine. I'll cut that out. Sorry, I was looking <laughs> at something. Anyway, coach of the year, the Browns coach. Do we all agree yeah. that that was the right decision, or should it have been someone else? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no. I, th- I, th- I think it had to. I think it had to be him based on the way he turned around the team after Odell went down, and the the. I mean, the the way they were playing on both sides. Um. Yeah, you, you have to give it to him. I mean, there's there's other guys who did a really good job. I think maybe if if the Giants snuck into the playoff, Joe Judge might have been in that conversation. But even then, our record wasn't good, and we started zero for five. But um, now, nah, I think in terms of in terms of coach, you know, again, sometimes context can sort of be added to change the narrative around a coach. So mm-hmm. because Stefanski was coming in, I believe it's his first season as a head coach, and turned a team around, mm-hmm. maybe that benefited him. But again. That's not something to take away from him. It, it does, he deserves the benefit of that happening. Yeah, I, I don't have any problem with that selection at all. No, he awesome. turned like what a six-win team into an into well a playoff team and an eleven-win team. Like you know, yeah, for with, sure. Without with you know exactly with Odell out and you know injuries throughout the season and stuff like that. You know, I mean, yeah, he was, he deserved that. Turned around the offensive line massively as well. I mean, if you look mm-hmm. at um, how. I think is Wyatt Teller was one of the best guards in the league. I'd never heard of Wyatt Teller before in my entire life. So, I mean, there's guys like that. Um, I mean, yeah, they, they completely transformed as a team. You go into games thinking, like, wow, the Browns are really going to... Like, it was. there was a real situation in the playoffs where it was Browns-Chiefs, and we were like, man, who's going to win? Like, that's 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 crazy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think I think in terms of NFL awards, I think that's that's... That's that. I think. Oh, so speaking for the most part, the Chiefs, it was spot on. Speaking of the Chiefs, <clears throat> so yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah. My takeaways yeah, from that were, the Bucks defense is incredible, like yeah, ridiculous. So that front, that front seven is like the best in the league, and it's. I mean, obviously, Tom Brady transformed that team just because it gave them that belief, that winning mentality, and he instilled that straight away. But I mean. Devin White, Levante David, I mean, I could, and Kassou, JPP coming back like, like, like he was looking like 2011 JPP or whatever. Um, sh- I mean, God, Shaq Barrett, like you said, uh, mm-hmm. he's incredible. Do you know, incredible. The, th- the thing with the Bucks team is it took them a while to get it going at the start of the season because obviously you got Bruce Aarons and Tom Brady. Tom Brady wants to be the one that runs the team. Like he doesn't, he doesn't not need a coach, but he wants to be the one that's saying what to do. And, he knows what to do he's been in the situations and obviously Bruce Arians was 
well, he's never won a Super Bowl, has he? He was the Cardinals coach in 2014-15, I think it was, when they got to the conference, uh, the conference match, and they lost. Yeah, championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, them two obviously were button heads for the first couple of weeks. Once they got around that, they were unbelievable. Nah, for sure. I think, and also, like, given, given Tom Brady that free reign, I mean, even in... Even in when he won the Super Bowls with New England, it looked like he was just way happier this year. I mean, we all saw the parade where he was drunk. Yeah. Um, but it's just in general, he looked like he was having way more fun throughout the entire process. Um, and that's that's something quite interesting. I mean, obviously his weapons and his offensive line were just were just on point. But you can't understate, and it's easy to say, oh, he didn't actually play that great, blah, blah, blah. But you can't understate like, how important a veteran quarterback who knows how to get it done is. And at the end of the day, if a guy's won seven Super Bowls, you don't. You can't. You, there's no it. way you, you're not gonna be able to downplay it. What you're gonna go through every single one and say, "Well, this happened." Like, nah. There's a certain point where it stops becoming luck and it starts becoming just him being the greatest, which I, unfortunately, yeah, I think he is. I so yeah, say, I think it, I think it comes down to that. This has shown. This has shown me before. I was a big Tom Brady hater before. I said I was like, without Belichick, he's nothing. Like he's assistant quarterback. Like anyone could do it in that role. And he's gone to Tampa Bay, and what's he done? He's won the Super Bowl first season. He's there, sort of thing. He's won more Super Bowls than any team's won. Like, yeah, that I mean, that's got to say something about him. He is literally the greatest of all time, and it's not even like a debate at them. Like, any Tom Brady made a team. If Tom Brady was a team, he would be the greatest team of all time, which is mental because he's yeah. one person, and most teams have a lot of people. That's my analysis on the situation. Tom, I'm. I, I know you want to wax lyrical about about your boy, so you know. <laughs> No, man, I mean, look, it is what it is, and I I felt, you know, like, afterwards, I was like, yeah, cool, Brady won seven, like, you know, but, I mean, I felt really bad for Mahomes, actually, Um, because the whole game, I I can't remember the stat exactly, but I think he'd run 500-plus yards trying to actually escape the pass rush. I mean, you know, that, that that is a stat by itself is something ridiculous i mean you know no that's literally you know no help you know bron on the caps no help yeah that was that was 2017 lebron i mean you you look at the stats and it's not it didn't look great for Mahomes, but i think you can add context to that and say actually his receivers dropped passes early um he could if if tyreek kill held onto the ball i think it was one of the first plays of the game mm-hmm. or at least it was in the first quarter he could have had a touchdown um, he made some insane throws, some of the best throws I've ever seen in a game. Yeah. And at the end of the day, um, players just dropped the ball. The, the defense didn't show up. The offensive line definitely didn't show up. They were, they were missing a couple of tackles, which obviously showed. But, um, mm. you know, I think you, you look at that game and you just think, that's a guy leaving everything on the line. Was he Was he great? Yeah. You know, did the Bucks do a great job of containing him? Yeah, of course. But I don't think, obviously history is told by the winners, but I don't think you can you can really place too much of the blame for that. I mean, the guy was horizontal, diving in the air, throwing a perfect pass into the end zone, falling to the side, and someone lets it hit them in the face mask and drops it. I mean, that's just that tells you everything you need to know. Shout out to Todd Bowles, though. You know, that, yeah, that's facts, something facts. which doesn't get talked about enough. And you know, um, for reasons why I don't, I don't want to get too political or nothing. Nah, but, of course, and that whole you know, that whole coaching stuff as well. That's a really I mean, that, that, I think 100%. that does be spoken about more. I mean, Byron Leftwich, I believe, the offensive coordinator, yep. he did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that entire coaching staff, along with Bruce Arians. But, um, I mean, Bruce Arians deserves, like, he's been he's been trying to sort of 
involve like that sort of like again not to get too political but he's he's always been on the right side of history with that one so a fair play to those they, guys and yeah they have story. they have an incredibly diverse um uh coaching staff i mean you know and and that's that's credit to him he's you know he tried to you know put people in there not just because of the color of their skin or because of their their race or religion or gender you know because they can actually do the role competently whereas you know uh, other coaches or maybe owners you know don't really necessarily agree but you know um shout out to Todd Bowles because that that was you know that's that was an unreal defensive performance to hold them to and they didn't even get a TD which is you know yeah, I mean, that's nothing incredible. insane crazy should we uh <laughs> I think we should touch on the uh, the worst performance of the night, which is the halftime show. Oh my god! Uh, what, did you know, th- what did you not think of that? Because there was varied opinions. I saw some people say it was one of the be- best um, performances of all time by the weekend. I mean, um, it was Monday um, by the time he was in in the UK. By the time he was actually performing, and it felt like watching a Monday just pan out because that shit was drab as fuck, in my opinion. Yeah, um, this is more slander on a certain someone's name. Big up, Ibby. No, no, we're not. We're not doing that. Listen, listen. If you're a fan of the weekend, more power to you. But I, I know, I know, he enjoyed um, it. So that's all that matters. He's a weekend fan. He enjoyed it. That's all that matters for him. Do you know what I mean? But I wasn't a he's fan. He's a great of him. guy. Great friend of the podcast. Let's make yeah. that very clear. Great guy. What a legend. But as for the weekend, he did a bad job of the. Listen. Someone needs to give him his seven mil back because someone, someone, someone fucked him up. Someone's it was not him. fun. It was not fun to watch. He should have brought someone out. He's not like he's not that level. He needs to bring someone out, in my opinion. Maybe he couldn't have because of COVID guidelines or what. If he brought out Drake or if he brought out Future, that would have taken it from a two out of ten, in my opinion, to, to to who knows to who knows what. Yeah, I just didn't really enjoy any element of it for me. I mean, it came, it, it, they got a good meme out of it, which is where the two is coming from out of ten. So, well, both the points are for the meme, not for anything you did yeah. in the performance. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> what about you, Tom? Did you think it was an asshole? I mean, I, I didn't think it was terrible, but I That's mean, like, Tom, 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 we don't embellish stuff on this podcast. Speak, tell us how you really feel about no. it. No, like. I, I like the weekend. Some of his music is alright, but I mean, shit, I, I couldn't even fucking hear him for number one. And yeah. number two, I mean, the fuck was that? Like, we just watched, like, one of the, like, a decent first half of, of Super Bowl. And then, you know, this guy comes out and just gives us ass. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, patting the fuck Another, another type of ass like, that we got last, last Super Bowl halftime show, by the way. No, no, exactly. But that's maybe why my standards were so high, because I watched. Shakira and J-Lo, you know, be fucking, oh, god damn, but, you know, um, yeah, that's all it was. great musicians, music. yes, yes, that's all we were looking at, um, <clears throat> Cap, but, um, <laughs> shit, I mean, The weekend disappointed me, it was disappointing, and for that reason, I'm gonna give him, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him a four. Oh, fair enough, fair enough mate. We say my final verdict on 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 the weekend's halftime show. By the way, I like the weekend. I think he's a really good artist. I just want oh, to say that. I don't have a verdict. Oh, on yeah. it. I just all I can say is that it was ass, and I'd rather watch actual ass. Do you know what I mean? Like last year's. That's my that's my verdict big, on it. Big Big Mike has spoken. When Big Mike speaks, you listen, mate. That's, this is this is what this is what it's all about it's here. Gospel, mate. But yeah, it's not really. Don't worry. I'm not a religious man. <laughs> Anyway, we'll move on to football, shall we? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Moving on swiftly. 
Um, I can start with Southampton because, you know, I don't know, mate. I don't know what's wrong with the club, really. Like, obviously, yeah. we beat we beat Wolves in the FA Cup and we absolutely battered them in the FA Cup and we were away from home. Like, we destroyed them and then we played in the league and lost 2-1. Like, what... What's happened? Do you know what I mean? What's happened in, the, in those yeah. in those three days that like everyone's lost the plot? It's not ideal. I mean, you guys haven't been playing well for a while. I believe you lost your last six in the league. I could be wrong. Oh no, you beat you beat um Arsenal. Sorry, Tom. You beat Arsenal. Um, we lost nine to United as well. That was yeah, that was a bad day for me. I'm running it God. back. Running it back. That's crazy. I don't think how many teams have actually lost um, nine nil twice in this. Place? I mean, I won't go there, but yeah, it's it's been tough. I mean, maybe it's just a bit of regression to the mean because you guys were sort of over overperforming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what do you think like going forward for Southampton? Because obviously, Hasenhutl has turned around bad situations before. Do you know what? Uh, last time the lone nil loss turned the club around. Like he he got he ended up with like the most away points out of anyone, sort of thing. Like, yeah. or other than Liverpool when they won the title, I. I don't know, really. We'll have to see what happens against Chelsea this weekend. Chelsea, these two games against Chelsea and Leeds will, will tell us if we finish bottom half of the table. Like, I'm nervous for that, by the way. Not, we... not scrapping for anything. Or if we finish top half of the table. Obviously not going for Europa League, but if we finish top half of the table, like ninth or something. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I feel like these two games are quite big staples in the Southampton um, going forward. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, fair. Right. Yeah. Tom, what about, what about Arsenal? Up and down? Very, very. I mean, that's been the story of our season so far. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's, I think, you know, it's nice to see Aubameyang kind of get back on and, and score after kind of his off-field troubles and stuff. And, like, yeah. obviously, you know, like, you know, rest up to everything that's been going on. Because, like, you know, um, that's, I mean, that's tough to deal with off the pitch. But, I mean, on the pitch, you know, it, obviously, it's good to see him get back on the score sheet, score a hat trick, which is nice. But you know, I mean, that's one game, and obviously builds some more consistency. But you know, like I love the Bamian. I can't wait for Tini to get back as well, man. Oh, Fucking no, man. Fucking yeah, man. watch Cedric and Bellerin. Jesus Christ. Um, oh. and that f- and that fucking clown, David Luiz. Yeah, but I don't. I'm not getting angry. I'm Sideshow cool. Bob. Um, right. I'd rather him at centre back. <laughs> I'd rather have an actual clown but now nah, I mean exactly you, I've seen certain games where you guys have played well I think you played well against Wolves and then obviously the red card just completely threw you guys off I mean yeah, I think yeah. sometimes the discipline I don't know who this comes down to really has been lacking with you guys because you could have easily beaten that beaten Wolves and because it's such a tight squeeze in the league cool, hello. you could be way above like where you are now but I think you're 10th uh, 10th yeah Two, two off Tottenham, uh, two off Tottenham and Villa, but I'm pretty sure Villa have got like what two or three games in hand. Yeah, I got two um, games in hand. I mean, they could be above yeah. us. So look, I mean, obviously the season as a whole, you know, speaks for itself. Um, you know, I was speaking to someone the other day, and you know, they said, "Do you think you're better off now, you know, than you were at your worst point with Emery?" And my honest answer is no. Um, my honest answer is no. I mean. Emery had his problems on and off the pitch, you know. On the pitch, yeah, we were getting results, but the, the football was dry and it looked like the players really had no idea. And he, when it came to it to lowest, the players had no idea and obviously you start losing games. That's when people start making decisions like, look, you know, there's nothing that actually shows us we're going forward. 
you know. Um, but at the moment, there's nothing that actually shows me that Arsenal are going forward type of thing. I mean, you know, we're talking about renewing Luiz again. Don't Ooh, understand. Um, letting go of, of Guendouzi, letting go of Saliba. You know, I don't understand those types of decisions, which, you know, I mean, on, clearly on the pitch, we ain't doing enough. We're 10th, you know. I'm not saying our team warrants us to be, you know, in the top four or the top six, but it definitely warrants us to be higher than 10th. Uh, competitive you know, around that area when you look at the team. 100%. More, exactly, more competitive, 100%. And I know it's, you know, it, it's tight between 10th and 4th, you know, what there's eight points you know that's not a lot you know um but it, it's i don't know i feel like you know i'm not trying to put the blame on no one but it just feels like a lot of the managerial side of things you know arteta is trying to do too much you know just yeah you know trying to do the transfers and negotiate and you know build friends and you know all of this stuff i don't really know but yeah it's a mess it's a mess yeah man it's, yeah. it's not good is it well you are I mean you've been you've been playing slightly better I think there's 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 some improvement but again it's you never know bit. how long it's going to last um, exactly as for us I mean um, believe the last time we we spoke about football we just beaten Burnley since then we've won four games in a row um, which sounds great and it is listen don't get me wrong it is great we've been doing really well back in the top four um, which is incredible considering where we were um um, two shells definitely well, I don't know how you pronounce his name still which is probably bad he's done a really good job um, he's, done, he's done a really good job changing the system integrating guys I think guys like Kovacic have just been a complete U-turn compared to to what to what he was under Lampard I mean he's looking like a midfielder that knows how to pass forwards now along <laughs> with all the, the dribbling and stuff which he does and when you combine that as a recipe for an actual good footballer which is great um, we beat Tottenham because they're terrible um, and then we also have beaten Sheffield United and Newcastle in a time, so a similar level of teams there. Um, but listen, we, some of the the performances have been really good. I do worry about sometimes the goal scoring um, because we haven't really been. We've been creating chances, but then we've got guys like Werner, Giroud, Abraham who aren't necessarily the Werner most. Werner stinks. In a court, that it, I mean, Werner's been playing much better. I must give credit where it's due. I, I'm listen. I called him the worst footballer of all time. Do I stand by that sort of because he's not good? But he's working really hard. Um, that's not the th really the thing you want to say about your 50 million attacker. But listen, he's he has been doing better. He has been doing way better. I mean, against against Tottenham, he won the penalty. Against Sheffield United, he won the penalty and got an assist. Um, and then against Newcastle, obviously got an assist and a goal. So you can't really you can't really knock him for how he's been doing. Um, it's good to see Hudson Odoi has become a staple of the team. Um, I don't think it's coincidence that we've imp we've improved under that. Um, yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, one thing I will say is Kepa came back into the team against Newcastle and obviously kept a clean sheet because Newcastle are the worst team in the world. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Tommy, if you're, if, you're, if you're listening, I'm not talking about you, Tom, please do not continue this behaviour. This will not end well for anybody. anybody. <laughs> I, it's, 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 he's the worst goalkeeper of all time and he will prove it if you give him the opportunity to prove it. We're playing Southampton next. Last time we played Southampton, we were 2-0 up and then Kepa happened and we drew 3 all. Um, this this is not this is not good. But now I can't I can't complain. We've been playing really well. Next two games are Southampton, Atletico, and then Man United and Everton. So we've got tough games coming up. But I mean, you can't you can only beat who's in front of you. And so far we've done that. So yeah, I'm I'm I'm, ha I'm happy with how things are going. Can so I, far, can we can we can we get into a bit of um before we get into the Champions League? Well, ironically, they actually won. 
we get into a bit of Liverpool slander, boys, because uh, yeah, they've been shit. <laughs> I was I just want to say one more thing about Chelsea here quickly. This is this is a very small point to make here, but yeah, I don't know if you watched the fifth round, like the fifth round tie against Barnsley. But yeah, we were bad. Yeah, I was gonna say I I don't know if you really deserve no, we to were, win we that were, tie. Do you know what I mean? We, was... we were bad, but like some, I think that's that's definitely been our worst performance. I mean, we played we played well against Newcastle. It's Newcastle, so you don't really know. I think we played well against Tottenham, or at least we're professional. The performances haven't been mind blowing, but you can't really ask anything else of a manager apart from to come in and deliver results. So I can't, you can't be, you can't really be anything else but happy with what um, with what Sushil has done because he he has done well. Listen, it would be unfair for me to hold him to a ridiculously high standard after saying I wasn't expecting him to get to into the top four, which at the, at the current moment, whether we'll finish there, I, I, I don't know. But at the current moment, he is. So you have to give credit. I mean. The performances are a bit iffy at times, but listen, we're getting results, and that's like what that's we weren't doing before. Anyway, Liverpool slander. I, I I like Liverpool, so you know I'm gonna I'm just gonna stand back a bit here and let you two go at it if you really want. No, nah, it's just obviously they're obviously the greatest team of all time since last year, and obviously <laughs> really interesting because um, obviously now we can't really judge it because they've had injuries, and which has never happened to a title defending team in in Premier League history. So. Obviously, it's excuse. It's, it's excuse that they're losing to teams like Brighton, drawing against drops like Fulham and West Brom. You know, obviously Chelsea drew to, to West Brom, but don't worry about it. <laughs> I never claimed to be the greatest team of all time. Me personally, Chelsea. So, um, and they also got got pumped by uh, by Leicester, which was which got was a lot of fun. Pumped by Leicester. Um, <laughs> that that Leicester game though was like, I mean, I mean, you you get the, the offside calls a little bit weird, but whatever. I mean, I'm not sure why the VAR angle is, you know, like in terms of the camera angle is different to the actual sideline, like it shows it at an angle. Uh, it's weird yeah. to describe, but you can only see it from there. But Again, Tom, like, I'm not got, trying to defend. No, we've got to add context to this, because Liverpool are the first team to ever have um, a decision go against them as well. <laughs> um, you know, so this is, this is interesting stuff. Um, but no, like, I mean, Alan, what? Uh, two games in the two Prem games, anyways. Tom, if you're going to continue with Allison giving away shitloads of goals, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, so, sorry about that, boys. Um, you know, um, look, I mean, you've never kind of seen that lapse in concentration before from him, which kind of just, I mean, you know, it. I don't know. I don't really know what's going on. Obviously, you know, Leicester, Leicester goal was, you know, um, a miscommunication by him and a new centre back, but. You've never kind of Kabak. seen, or exactly with Kabak, yeah, you know, um, but you've never really seen that type of lapse in concentration from him, even, you know, from any of their kind of spine too, all too much throughout, like, yeah. I mean, their kind of successful era. What I would say is, first of all, listen, I understand they've had a huge amount of injuries, and like, jokes aside, obviously, it's playing a massive part, but Leicester had their first choice left back out, their first choice right back out, and their best centre back out. And they beat you three one, but they're, 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 they're you know we don't make excuses for them, so I don't think we should make excuses for the champions. Apparently, one of the best teams of all time last season. Listen, let's, let's just call it what it is. If you have to, if you set yourself up for that standard, you have to live up to it, and you're not. Um, what I will say is, I think what it is with them. Obviously, they beat Leipzig, which we all talk about. Um, they they've been going at such a high level for probably two and a half years now. Where it's eventually there was always going to be a drop off mentally with some of these players, and you're seeing it in guys like Alexander Arnold, who was arguably the best right back in the world, who is now 
something that resembles a right back, sort of, not really. Um, seeing guys like Mane, Firmino, not really giving it what they were before. Um, Salah's still doing really well, but you know, is what it is. I I just think it's more it's more about the mental lapses that you're seeing. Um, and obviously, I know Trent doesn't have Van Dijk next to him, blah blah. But this was always going to happen, and it's happening now, and it's it's a lot of fun for me. Um, obviously, we're neutral on this podcast, so I'm not going to say too much else on that. But but yeah, it's um, I think the 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 the, the excuses and stuff is a lot of fun. And um, Roy Keane was right; you're a lot of bad champions. Okay. So, after Alfie's uh, <laughs> Liverpool rant, we will move on to the Champions League game, shall we? Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, I am putting my two pence in first about how good Mbappe is and how he silenced everybody that was hating on him by absolutely bumming Barcelona. Really weird, by the way, why people doubt that guy. But carry on, yeah. I, I don't know, like, just... That guy is ridiculous. Like, the amount of times like, I was... I, I watched the, what, the best part of the second half of that game, or, yeah, pretty much all the second half of that game, and he was insane. Like, I didn't really understand what was going on half the time. He was just taking people on, and... Obviously, his third goal was ridiculous. I did not expect him to it that first time, but he did, and it's flown in, so... Credit to the guy, but, yeah. PSG are looking very threatening. That was them without Neymar beating Barca 4-1, so, like... You know it's going to yeah, be a problem. I mean, Bar- yeah, for sure. I mean, Barca are a bit stinky. I will, I will admit, but their team... People will sit here Barca and think they're good. Look at their team and their coach. I mean, yeah, I don't know about all that. It's not a good team. But, I mean, Pochettino with, with Neymar and Mbappe, and they have got some good players around them. Marco Verratti, when we spoke about PSG last time, we didn't mention him in the field. He's unreal. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're definitely going to be contenders again to win it. I think this... Sooner or later, they're going to have to win it because... Um, they want to build that long-term thing with Neymar and Mbappe re-signing. They did a great job getting Pochettino because that can, I think, I mean, they've got to be up there with the favourites for the Champions League now, especially yeah. with what Bayern are doing in the Bundesliga. They're not the best, so I think they're up there with the favourites. It surprised me a little bit. Not not the fact that they won. I was expecting PSG to win. I'm, you know, I think Barcelona have got, you know, a very imbalanced team. You know, they've got some players who... You know, I think are made out to be better than they are. Some players who are very old, some players who are very washed. Um, you know, uh, Busquets and PK being two of them. I'm not saying you know they're terrible. In their day, they were, you know, amazing. But they're now, really I mean, well. it's a very, yeah, n- exactly. And you know, you kind of when you play them on merit, and you play them because of you know based on their name, that's what you get. You know, um, but. Um, um, I think, you know, I was a little bit su- surprised by PSG just because, I mean, may- maybe it's because I've always I've always thought that, but I've always thought their midfield is kind of their weakest part of their team. But in places, besides obviously um, Garner Gay, who got uh, subbed in the first half because he got booked, um, their midfield was like, you know, I mean, it was a little bit... was incredible as well. Yeah, Paredes. you know, and that's the thing. I always thought, you know, that's kind of the, the part of their team they need to improve the most. But, you know, they brought on um, uh, Herrera. Herrera played well when he came on. And, you know, I was like, well, shit then. You know, they're actually, you know, maybe maybe they are legit. But, you know, is it that aspect of kind of working harder without your without your star guy? Without your, you know, without your main man? I don't know. Also, you can't really say main man is Neymar because Mbappe and Neymar are two key players. I don't know who you'd put above who, like, sort of thing. Do you know I what think, I mean? I mean, I've I've heard some ridiculous stuff about Mbappe. I mean, if you don't rate that guy, 
or not 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 rate him, but think he's slightly overrated. Or I know he didn't have a good game in the Champions League final, but it's one game at the age of what he's 22. I mean, come on, man! Like this guy was was tearing up the World Cup when he was at the 18. age of 19. Exactly. exactly. And it's, just, it's just a joke, man. Like he was incredible on the on the lead up to that to the Champions League run as well. It's one game against the greatest team in the world. Just give it. I think he's. He's borderline top five in the world. I'm not going to go into rankings, but he's he's there or thereabouts for me at the age of 22. He's the he's the next he's the next guy with Messi and Ronaldo sort of going yeah. into their like later years. Who do you think is going to be the next best player then? Haaland, Mbappe, or uh, yeah, I don't really see anyone else coming through being. As good I think as I think it, it's Mbappe for me personally. Haaland is yeah. great, but. Um, I just don't see him as the full. I think I see him as like a proper number nine, which is great. But I don't see him as the full package compared to what Mbappe is. No, hundred percent. But that's. The, I mean, people misuse that term, generational talent. You know, Fact. I think there's only a handful of players, and when I say a handful, not even five. You know, probably nah. two or three in the world right now who are generational, and Mbappe is at the very top. Who do you say yeah, are the other two then? Haaland and who else? Haaland and Mbappe, I, I, I don't like the term generational because it's been, a youngster will come on in the FA Cup and have a great game and all of a sudden they're, they're, um, they're, they're generational. But that's enough about yeah. Man United fans. Um, <laughs> like it's, it, uh, This it, is what it, I'm it, saying, I think there's only two at the moment because Haaland and Mbappe have proven themselves. We're talking about players to define a generation in terms of, well, who, yeah. who can do that in terms of their talent. Yeah. I mean, you look at some guys in the Premier League who are like, who have that potential, but again, you have to. For in terms of a generational talent, I know it's misleading because the the term is talent, but you're looking at production at that age as well. I think, yeah, in order to put that tag on them, and the only ones who are really doing that in the world is Sancho's dropped off a bit, so maybe he's sort of borderline that category. But for me, it's Sancho and, and, and nope, for me it's Haaland and it's Mbappe. Haaland and Mbappe, yeah. yeah. The other one I was thinking of, which, I mean. It might be incredibly controversial, but based on his age of what he was doing at seventeen, eighteen, was Ansu Fati. Yeah, no, that's a good shout. He's, he's definitely, he's definitely around that, in that, in that, like, in that conversation. Obviously, yeah. Statistically, he's not putting up the same type of numbers, but you know, I still think the f the ceiling for him is you know incredibly Scott high. Scott spade the age of know. seventeen is nothing to be scoffed at. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it doesn't mean to say like. Other young players aren't amazing. I mean, the young talent in the world is crazy. I mean, I think another guy you could potentially throw in there who's been unreal is borderline is Phil Foden because yeah. he is, my mm -hmm. God, he is incredible. And City have been holding him back for a while. He's always had that in him, um, what he's doing now. Um, we probably should should give credit to Liverpool, though, because yeah. they, did, um, they did beat Leipzig 2-0. A stinky Leipzig, but yeah, they did. Yeah, I mean, listen... They 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 did pretty well defensively. I think Kabak had a really good game, um, which uh, which was cool because obviously he's going to save that season. Uh, no one said that. I'm just taking this. But um, <laughs> now nah, I think um, Mane played much better. Um, Leipzig aren't all that for me. I think the, the the Bundesliga just isn't the league that it doesn't match up well with the Premier League in terms of you see some of the signings that have come in from there. Um, and not really done well. I mean, there's obviously examples at Chelsea, Chelsea, but even guys like you know, Mustafi has gone back, and all of a sudden he's a great defender there. I mean, Upamecano is apparently a he's been branded with the generational tag. That guy was giving the ball away for fun yesterday. I mean, it's just I don't think they're a great team. They're very well coached, and they had some they had some opportunities, and they actually should have scored. Um, but fair play to Allison and the, and the defense for Liverpool really, um, you know, and fair play to Salah and Mane for 
capitalise on mistakes. And that's sort of the old Liverpool. The old the Liverpool, mm-hmm. um, not the season they won the Champions League, but the season they won the league. You look at certain games, you're like, man, how are they doing this? They haven't played they haven't played particularly well. The other team should have scored loads. But then they, they take their opportunities when they're given. So it's, I think it's a good sign for Liverpool. But still, the, I think the problems will still sort of remain. Um, but we'll see. I mean, maybe it's a turning point for them. Hope not. This is um, this isn't like to do with Champions League or anything. I, I agree with what you've said. It's like Liverpool are obviously just a better team than Leipzig because the Bundesliga is a bit stinky. Like, and yeah, yeah, I think any team outside of Bayern and Dortmund on their day is just not really a team to be taken too seriously, in my opinion, especially against Prem opposition. No, hundred percent. Even Dortmund now, Dortmund. Are, you know, I mean, I think I'm pretty sure they're, they're sixth right. or something. Yeah, you can't really. This season they've been very, 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 very mid. I don't think you can yeah. write Dortmund off though because it's just because the talents they got. That's what I was more thinking. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah no, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. But saying that, I still think they'll get beat. That's the deal. Yeah. Do you? I, I don't know. I, I honestly on. do. As much as I hate never to say t- it, Alf. By the way, I think that Atletico Madrid are going to beat Chelsea. Oh, facts. No, they will. They will. They will. Um, um, as much as I want Chelsea to win, I just I, I, I don't see them winning. Like you have Werner uh, up top uh, and he'll miss seven one on ones and smash it over, over the bar and whatnot every time. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, the Werner against Atletico Madrid is like the worst matchup ever because the, the, he he's really only, and this is the problem. This is even what I was thinking when he was sort of joining Chelsea. And he's really only useful against the high line. Um, and he can be very, he can be very useful if used correctly against the high line. But I don't know if you guys know about Atletico Madrid, but yeah, it's not a high line they play. They stick yeah, not a high line. Behind the Complete ball. opposite. Complete opposite. Um, but now I can't, I can't see us winning. They're just, they're just a machine when it comes to, to to knockout competitions or the Champions League in particular. I mean, it's so hard to beat them. I can't see it happening. Unfortunately, it's the, it's a nightmare draw. We we did amazing in the group stage. Beat Sevilla four 0 away. Um, just to just to get the hot one of the hardest teams you can possibly face in the Champions League, um, whereas Sevilla, who finished second, got Dortmund, who again, you know, yeah, it's not it's not great. The the other just I'm just predictions for the other ties: Porto, Juventus. I think we're all unanimous. Juventus are going to go through that tie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Lazio, Bayern, Bayern again. Yeah, all unanimous, and then Madrid, Atlanta. Um, yeah. Madrid and, and then, Young, yeah, and then City, much and Gladbach. All the other ties are pretty, pretty yeah. one-sided. Whereas Sevilla, Dortmund, and Atletico, Chelsea are ones that could go either way, really. Yeah, yeah, I think Sevilla is interesting because I really what wasn't that impressed with them against Chelsea. I think um, we did maybe we did just play really well and we did we did a great job against them. To be fair, that was one of that was back that was pre-COVID Havertz, I believe. Um, and he was actually doing okay, and I'm not blaming COVID on the fact that he's been naff, but naff. Um, no, we, we were playing, we, we 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 dominated them under Lampard, which is kind of a bit of a red flag. As for Atletico Chelsea, I, I really can't see us winning. I mean, it's not, it's not, there's no home legs, but I, and there's no fans, obviously. I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with the news, but um, I think the home the home leg would have been a massive advantage to us because Champions League nights at Stamford Bridge do like. Because the the stadium's so like condensed, like the fans are so close to the pitch, it's always a pretty good atmosphere there, and that can have a massive, a massive effect. So I, I I don't see us beating beating them, but um, nah. I mean the Champions League should be interesting this year. It's another one where it's like I don't really see a clear winner at this point. I think it is easy to be reactionary. I think 
I think PSG are going to be in and around that. I think Liverpool could go on a run just I think, because I, I think, think Juventus could win it this year. You know, I'm I'm sticking sticking me out and throwing it there. I think Juventus. Yeah, may, maybe maybe. I mean, it's the Ronaldo thing, isn't it? But no, exactly. I, don't, I don't. That's the reason. I don't. I don't know about their manager and the rest of their team. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. Nah, I mean, Atletico usually going to be there or thereabouts but then it gets to the final it's only one leg and then they, they forget how to do it especially if they're playing against Ronaldo if they come up against Juventus they're done so <laughs> exactly alright I think this has been a very good podcast with the boys as yeah, per fun. Um, as said earlier don't forget to follow the socials Haddo Podcast on Instagram and Haddo Podcast on Twitter, Twitter. yeah man uh, give a listen to episode 3 if you haven't already it's a cracker of an episode and the Valentine special will be out by the time this is out, so stay tuned for that. Valentine special with Jake Mayhew. Um, we all had a lot to drink, and we said some stuff. Um, there are some, there's some, there's some emotional stories in there, but it's also quite funny because we're all a bit, we're all a bit gone, Mike, Mike especially. So um, yeah, I yeah, was no, rolling around the floor, but it's all right. No <laughs> problems there. So I'm gonna say goodbye first. Goodbye, everyone. Uh, shall see you next week. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Thank you for listening. See you later. <laughs> Peace.